0: 7654321. Hey guys, this
1: is Liz Candace. This is Nikki
0: Collins. What up guys? This is FFR. Hey, this is Ymari Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia. Welcome
1: to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, how is it going again? You've heard from us twice this week and uh, three times in the last two weeks. So, uh, you know, bully for you, I guess, or for us, whatever. Uh, we, we had planned on potentially taking a week off, sleeping through things. Free agency was like, nah, you should probably record again. So here we are again. And just to make sure that we're staying consistent and accountable, I am again here with Logan Jones. Happy second week of free agency to you, Logan.
0: Yeah, happy, uh, happy free agency to you as well. I think we knew uh, this was going to happen. We knew free agency wasn't over the last time we jumped on the mic and that things were yep. going to change. Uh, they didn't change in ways that I anticipated. Yes. But, it- but, uh, they, you will know, <laughs> there, there'll be, I mean, we'll get into it. I don't want to spoil anything in the show, but things have happened. And if you're listening to the show, you're probably aware, uh, um, that free agency continues on as the WNBA, uh, continues rumbling towards, uh, the The first year with this new CBA in place, where players are making more money, there's more opportunity out there. There's a lot of players that were long tenured in certain venues that you're going to see in new uniforms this spring and this summer. So, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm yes. glad we're glad we're back on many, many much movement, uh, and we're going to be going through those. So before we do that, I do want to make a, a quick call out, um, and and that's well. I always forget to get this out of the way, so let's go ahead and do it right now. Of course, uh, you can find us over on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. Likewise, name over at Facebook. Uh, Find us anywhere listening-wise, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Anywhere that offers reviews, comments, please leave those. Those mean a lot to us. A five-star review definitely helps us get some bump, and we would very much appreciate it, most particularly over at Apple Podcasts, where that plays a lot of role in our algorithms. Give us a comment. Let us know what you love about the show, what you'd like to see better about the show. We definitely read through all the comments and and, uh, put a lot of uh, intentional thought into them. If you want to give us a little extra support, head over to our Patreon page. We actually are just in the final stages of restructuring uh, our kickback tier system and our gold tier system, as well as some content that we're going to start rolling out next month. So now is the perfect time to get on board with the Patreon. If you have not yet, uh, we've got some great stuff that we're going to be giving back merch wise, content wise, a lot of really cool, interesting things to hit back to you. And then of course proceeds for that go directly toward our efforts to help grow the show really make it better and more interesting for for you guys. So we really appreciate that. If you would like some specific threads to bump the show and your love of the league in general, you can head over to our store envy page. Uh, Jason, our producer just rolled out a line of new merchandise based around our new branding. So we've got some great stuff, shirts, sweaters, mugs, socks, all the good stuff. So feel free to head over there. Anything that you purchase from there goes directly into a fund that we have to help get new fans to women's basketball venues throughout the year. So we definitely would encourage you to to check that out and enjoy that. I believe that's everything for the plugs, Logan. Before we dive into our our second round of free agency analysis, our our I guess that was midterm. This is like pre-final. This is like dead week grades Uh, because I I don't want to if I say final that's cursed in the world of graphic design. Titling a document final is like a curse because you know, it's not going to be. So I'm not going to say that, but we're close. One really quick thing. I did want to call out uh, the current iteration of the U S women's three on three basketball team. Um, international team has been named. I guess this isn't technically the Olympic team per se, but this is the team that will be rolling out to the Olympic qualifiers in India next month, March 18th through the 22nd, as it stands right now, the Lynx, Nafisa Collier, Chicago Steph Dolson, Alicia Gray Dallas, and the Aces, Kelsey Plum, uh, will be the four players to comprise the three-on-three basketball team. I know at least Collier has some level of experience with three-on-three. Uh, she played youth ball back in 2014. I understand that that's more than half a decade ago, but it is something. Uh And, you know, there were a lot of interesting players that were on the list. I know Lou uh, Samuelson was one. There were a few others. Obviously, we have some incoming players that have a lot of experience, Sabrina Escu being one. Uh, things of that nature just really quick your immediate reactions to hearing those four names with this uh brand new era of olympic basketball
0: i think it's cool i've always loved three three uh three and three basketball there's a big tournament uh in oregon every year that's that's a really big like community event um it's cool to see it on the big stage it's going to be super interesting because obviously there's not like like there's there aren't teams that we pull four and three on three. So like the only time we're going to see it on TV is this Olympic event. Um, and I think that's kind of unique, but, um, it, it's probably not the most, I, I think they're all legit stars and they're all players that could, could honestly make a run at, at the medal stand and even the gold. The, yeah. the, the thing I wanted to shout out is that the, the men's team are, are players I've never heard of. So this is like, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that the, the, the WNBA contingent uh Like, like they're all WNBA players. Um, and I, I believe the men's team is entirely comprised of like college guys and not even college guys that I've heard of before. So um, yeah. I, I am much more interested in the women's tournament in that regard than the men's. There's just there's nothing other than the fact that I love seeing the USA win gold medals. I, I don't feel super invested in the men's side.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I actually had my own theory with the men's team, which is they should just go ahead and pull those from the the big three league. Uh, you know, since, since they're playing three on three, let's go ahead and
0: just Marcus Camby and, uh, who else is in there now? Like
1: like... every, everyone who was on that 2004 Olympic team that lost, that's pretty much (laughs) what we have to choose from at this point. Lots of potential there. I mean, I will say, like, the talent level for this women's team is obviously there. I I don't think you can call that out. I'm intrigued at, you know, where the selection lies in there. And I'm also intrigued to see if this roster holds Pat by the time we hit the summer and if there are any incoming rookies that have the potential to make this happen. Because if you can just kind of slide a Sabrina Inescu into that uh, mix, she might be the person of all this equation that has – real hard-nosed three-on-three experience yeah. and also is, you know, the best college basketball player and, and a new generational player that could make a lot happen there. So I, I think there's a lot of ways. I just think it's a cool thing. I'm excited to see how that event in the Olympics pans out. It's more basketball for all of us to watch, which is always good. Uh And, you know, it's just something else for, you know, for us to tie into. So definitely excited for that. Uh, I did – uh, call out Sabrina's name a couple times, which leads to a very important plug. And Logan, I'm going to let you call it out because I know you're potentially more excited about it than even I am.
0: Oh, well, I, I think we're all excited about it. We we had a great opportunity. Um, Kyle Haywood, our our co-host, who's who's not on today because he just recently uh, he just pulled, shift. yeah, pulled, pulled some uh, WNBA Nation uh, duty. Interviewed Sabrina uh, on the show which is one of the bigger uh I mean we've had some really cool people on the show before um but to to get her late in in her senior season right before um I mean really this is the part of the season where they're gearing up for uh a title run in the bracket so that's like 2 3 weeks away from from getting uh getting the wheels on the road and and going yeah. so uh that's a uh, you know you could <laughs> you could tell uh, they they kind of had to work work us in um, she's got a tight schedule. She has workouts and practices and things to go to. So we're obviously appreciative of University of Oregon and, and Sabrina for making the time to do that. But um, yeah, it was awesome. Kyle did an awesome job, except he forgot to ask her how she likes her eggs. Um, which this is a thing we
1: do, I guess, which we I, for- I every, forgot that we do that. It's we ask every
0: player. Uh, it, it, it's it been a while because nobody's had a really interesting answer. We might have to come up with something new that really gets us. Uh, it, we just like to get to know players outside of the realm of basketball, which actually, um Kyle did a great job. He asked her about books and stuff like that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, yeah. um if if you're like me and you just listen to the most recent episodes first, if you've missed multiple episodes, let this one just run into that next one. It's about twelve minutes long, and you'll get a real quick uh dash of Sabrina in your day uh as Kyle interviews her. Um which is just super fun. Like I was I mean, doing the show is so cool. Like it blows me away how cool the show is sometimes. Which is real <laughs> it really feels yeah. like I'm putting our uh, myself on a high horse like oh we're we're super awesome i forget all the time but uh but truly it's it's you know we're yeah. grateful that, that people are willing to come on and talk with us
1: no absolutely i think uh really exciting thing i thought kyle did a great job and of course sabrina did a phenomenal job and you know a lot of really cool and interesting takes um especially at a pivotal time of the season and rolling into the draft not too long from now uh we are working on um booking some additional interviews. We have a lot of cool stuff on the pipeline, so definitely stay close to that. If you would like uh, hitting next month, if you would like to make sure that you, anytime we, we pull these interviews, if you want to make sure that you get in the know on those uh, sooner rather than later, uh, we will be rolling those interviews out early on the Patreon about a day or two early. So you get a chance to hear those before just about anyone else, before we hit them onto the uh, f- the full podcast feed. Uh, usually within a day or two after the fact. So that's just one quick plug on the Patreon, give you a chance to catch some of those cool interviews early. We're excited to see what else we can roll out from there with that. Obviously our goal was to dive into some additional pieces on the draft because last week uh, we were able to, to hit really a lot of the bulk, you know, some of the big moves, a lot of other pieces. We were able to dole out mostly grades for most everyone. We had a couple incomplete grades here and there. Um, had a lot of takes. We had a lot of immediate responses because changes happened almost right after we released the episode. So we had a lot of people just calling out a lot of different things. So what I thought would be smart, Logan, is I'm going to go team my team again. And uh, I'll we can kind of talk about how we want to order that. Basically, I'm going to lay out what our grades were for the team. Uh, we'll line out what changes have happened since we've last discussed those teams and then give, you know, you'll have an opportunity and i have an opportunity to decide if we want to adjust the grade for, excuse me, if we want to adjust the grade for that roster. Uh, and if we do where we want that to sit, and then that's essentially how it works. So, Logan, would you like to go A through Z again, start with Atlanta, or do you want to, we could go reverse order, we could go any order you want, what how, how do you want to do this? Let's go from the top. Let's start with Atlanta, because that's, that's one of the more interesting ones. Got it. Cool. So let's do it. So we'll just go in order again. Makes it pretty easy. Obviously, some of these teams made little to no movement. So those might be quick. This is one that's going to garner a lot of discussion. Um, So since we last discussed the Atlanta dream, they traded Jessica Breland and Ned Coffey to the Phoenix Mercury in a three team trade that also netted them. Courtney Williams from Connecticut. They signed Alexis Jones and they also signed Shaquina Strickland from Connecticut, not from a trade. You know, through traditional signing, Courtney Williams was a restricted free agent, but was a part of a signing trade setup, uh, in consideration for, for that three team trade. So they pick up, you know, two extremely strong pieces. Uh, they drop two players who are pretty strong staples for them, especially Jessica Breeland two seasons ago was a, a very big defensive piece. Uh, for Atlanta, but in picking up, of course, Strickland, who is a very stout shooter, three point contest winner last season. Courtney Williams, who's one of the best guards in the entire league. Um, a lot of interesting thesis. We were pretty middle ground on our grades before these changes happened, Logan. You, you graded a C minus. I graded a C plus. So I'm going to kick it over to you first. I was a C minus last week with these changes in mind. Where, uh, where do you grade Atlanta right now? You know, they, they took their assignment. And I gave
0: them the opportunity to redo it for a better grade, and they they did some legwork, but they you know they're they're still starting from a rough place. I'm gonna upgrade this to a C plus with with, with where you're at, and I, I imagine yours might be changing as well. Uh, but for the time being, I'm I'm gonna go from the low end to you know nearing uh, an actually a, a pretty impressive grade for a team that needed a lot of help this offseason.
1: All right, and how do you gauge that? I mean, where
0: um, Strickland, I think, is a really nice pickup. Uh, I also think that with the number four spot in the draft, and with the possibility that everything Dallas holds in draft stock this year might shift a lot of things around, uh, they might be able to sneak away with what I think is uh, one of one of the top three players in the draft, depending on how things shake out. So, I don't want to to make my grades speculative, but um, definitely picking up. Um Shakina Strickland is something that I, I take into consideration here. Um Courtney Williams is obviously the uh the 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 player that we've that we've talked about previously. So uh have we talked about Courtney Maybe maybe we should we need to talk about Courtney Williams. Um Yeah,
1: I think we we'll, when we get to Connecticut, I think we'll talk a little yeah. bit more about uh the environmental yeah, factors behind Courtney up, Williams
0: move to Atlanta. I'm mixing up conversations um, we've had off air. Uh, yeah. with, with honor. And I, 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 I want I to get to that. I think it's more fitting at that
1: point. Yeah, yeah. You know, skip, skip ahead five minutes, Sun fans. If you want to get to the, the wooden yeah. stuff. I think it'll be more than five with the, the team may have next. That said, <laughs> um, you know, I see where you're coming from on that end with uh, my end. I, I see very differently. I'm, I'm moving uh them up a full grade from a C plus to a B plus here. Um, Strickland's a big one in a lot of ways. Obviously that's going to help your scoring game. It's going to tie really well with some like glory Johnson, who now I think, as more room to to play a more um, consistent style of ball. Courtney Williams is huge to me, though, because I was very bullish on losing Angel McCautry. Didn't necessarily hurt the dream too much, simply because I don't know that she was the offensive style player that was going to really help propel Atlanta in ways that they wanted them to. And in Courtney Williams, I feel like you actually pick up uh, what you were missing with Angel McCautry. So you're actually able to pick up what was already lacking. Um, and with that, someone who's coming off, you know, a good level of momentum coming to their hometown where they're more comfortable, will hit it a little more in Connecticut, but someone that's definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and that's going to be expected a lot. Does that necessarily mean that my stock on Atlanta overall in this next season is going to rise a ton? I'm really not sure. I can't say that this is a playoff team yet, but I'm going to give them credit for trying where a lot of bottom dwelling teams did not. And uh, they f- were able to say, let's put something together that can at least be pseudo competitive. And they absolutely did that. I really like how they handled things. And just off the cuff, I mean, in terms of that three team trade, they absolutely came out victor in a lot of different ways, given that they picked up, you know, an a all star potential guard in Courtney Williams and essentially gave nothing up for it. I mean, really hardly anything to really put at risk there. So that's where I like Atlanta's grade quite a lot so so logan uh i guess your thoughts any any thoughts there before we move on
0: no i think you nailed it i'm i'm excited to to get to some other teams coming up so i'll I'll leave atlanta where yeah. they're at but i i think these grades do more accurately reflect uh the the roster changes they've made this off season, and not how we feel about their roster as a whole uh and that's yeah. something that i'll look to correct kind of throughout the rest of the show to make sure yeah. that, that when someone when when jason makes the the graphic of our report card people don't come after me like man like what are you
1: you know like we're going to get yeah. we're going to get through it man it's going to happen anyway but that's the fun of these things i suppose <laughs> um so uh, logan from a c minus to a c plus uh, myself from a c plus to a b plus with the atlanta dream logan this is where i think it's going to get really interesting I, I actually predict we're on very opposite ends of the spectrum here with the chicago sky um so really a lot of the movement was rudimentary for chicago Leading into uh, this week, obviously, re-signing Ali Quigley was, was, you know, very, you know, we we essentially knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, I already made my thoughts clear about kind of, you know, re-signing Steph Dolson and, and getting rid of a student door. Uh, that said, things got pretty nutty a couple days after we recorded that episode. I'll get one really quick one out of the way, which is that Chicago signed uh, Maria Condi out of Spain, uh, also played for Florida State. Uh, graduated in 2017, went to Spain for a while, now signed by Chicago. We'll see how that plays out. But really, the big thing was, uh, a Chicago and Dallas trade that happened right during, uh, NBA All Star weekend. Uh, Katie Lou Samuelson being sent to the Dallas Wings for a package of picks that also included Azure Stevens, uh, out of UConn. These are UConn teammates who got swapped. Katie Lou heading to Dallas to play with their sister. Azure Stevens, um, here to potentially bolster the front court for Chicago. As I said, I feel like we're on opposite ends of this. I'm going to let you choose whether or not you want to kick off or or go second when it comes to your grade hey, adjustment here.
0: I I think you should go first.
1: Okay. Um, where this is interesting, like I said, I think we're heading in different directions. We have the exact same grade from last week. We both gave Chicago a C minus. Um, I am not drastically. I'm, I'm giving Chicago a B now. And the main reason for that is I don't, uh, necessarily think you can upgrade this hugely. I think a lot of both of our concerns last week for Chicago still sit in place. That said, if there was anywhere that Chicago needed to find something, it was in the front court. Uh, and they needed someone who they felt like maybe if someone likes Tip Dolson can't pick up as much of that slack as they want to as Stevens is a phenomenal pickup of someone who just might end up outshining and becoming a star level big. Um, this was someone who made a huge splash when she came into the draft early out of Yukon never really was given quality minutes in Dallas. This might put her in a situation where she could flourish extremely well. Mm. The hard part is that's yet another potential move where I feel like Chicago would have been better set trying to work harder to to find someone who is is certainly proven, if that makes a lot of sense. That said, I I think strictly on filling a need for their front court, I I see this as an improvement. It's not drastic enough that I feel heavily confident about Chicago, but that's where I see it going. And with that, Logan, you have the floor.
0: All right. I'm I'm tempted to give Chicago the rare F-minus. Because they this this trade is robbery in the sense that I have been personally robbed of getting to watch Katie Lucianus play with a really fun Chicago team and have been forced to now watch the Dallas Wings play basketball this season so that I can watch her play because I think she's an interesting player and I think she's going to develop into a, a, a piece in this league. Uh, I don't want to watch the Dallas Wings play. I do want to watch the Chicago Sky play. And the trade really upset me. But if I'm being honest, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> like you, you, the grade's not, you didn't move the grade much. I, The only thing it does to me is it muddles what, you know, the image of what they're trying to do. So they re-sign Steph Dolson to two years for a whole lot of money. Uh, they still have some flexibility for when, uh, like Jantel Lavender and Gabby Williams, when their deals come up in a couple of years. So they, they didn't hamstring themselves with the Dolson deal but they certainly sort of motion towards like hey we're committing to her being our our big for you know this this chord we're gonna try to make a run with it and then they go and get isra Stevens as kind of insurance I guess I mean there's nothing against having depth um but I I thought it was weird to trade away a piece like Katie Lou who hasn't developed I mean if you wait one more year, you could probably get a whole lot more of a haul for a, a player like Samuelson than than you do selling her low this year. Um, so in in that sense, I think I think Dallas made a, a smart choice here. It benefits both teams certainly, but I I still give it the B minus. I'm you know I'm you know I'm downgrading. It's they're going to get a C plus because they're upsetting. Uh, and, sure. and now I'm I'm less clear on what they're even trying to do with I'm- their front court.
1: I'm confused how you consider Azur Stevens as an insurance pick. And not that, from my opinion, it's a similar potential move. They're both young players. But I think it's a potential move that they know they can give her much more opportunity to flourish than they really could, Katie Lou. Because Chicago's backcourt right now, I just, I just don't know that she was going to be a key factor just because of how crowded things are. And now you're looking at Katie Lou where in Dallas, she, she could start in some cases. Yeah. And that's not not why you move a player. You don't move a player because they could start. But I think the idea is if we're, if we're going to put stock in a, in a potential growth pick, at least in this case, we, we know that there's room to make that happen. And if that potential flourishes, you know, let's say we're not as confident as Steph as we want to be. Obviously we resigned her. So we are, uh, this really helps having that one-two punch where Stevens might be the person to, to come up and become a, a potentially star-level big. We we don't, you know, it, that that's in the cards. So maybe we just see the value of that a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, I, but. I do think it can benefit Samuelson being on another team that certainly is going to have opportunities for her to to show what she can do, because I don't see a lot of players trying to beat her out in that roster, but who knows what Dallas is going to look like by the time the season rolls around to me, this is just more, this is the first of what we're going to call moves for the sake of moves. I I just don't see this being the move. That's going to change a lot for Chicago. And I, you know, I think they have players together now that if they get hot at the right time, they can make a nice run. Um, but I, I still, I, I look at Dolson and, and Stevens and just think if, if that was what they went into the offseason thinking they needed to do, I don't think they set their sights high enough.
1: I just don't see how it's moves for the sake of moves when now you have someone who legitimately can back up at the five. And they didn't really have a confident piece for that until now. I I mean, I don't know if
0: you have a confident piece for that now either. I mean, you, you said yourself she's, she's newer and, and unproven, and they're basically just trading unproven guard for unproven forward center which, you know, build up build up depth wherever you want. I mean, you have depth at the guard position, so it's, it's fine to balance things out a little bit. Here's the but.
1: difference. If Chicago has a wealth of that those potential pieces, and a, and there's a handful of them in the backcourt position, it would have taken a lot of movement for them to, to give Katie Lou the exposure that she might need. With Stevens, they can start testing those tires right away. Like To me, I think it makes sense just because they have that same level of stock, but with someone that they can really actually start putting a lot of moldability into on top of that, just outside of the fact that they, they need, they need someone to help fill those minutes. And so now they have that, like, I, I I don't know if it's, I don't know what other players have to be involved in this trade for that to make sense, but that's definitely the direction I saw them going. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I just I think if you get in a, a tight playoff game or playoff series, I I feel like guards tend to win those games. And I I don't think there's such a thing as having too much depth of that position. I'm I, you can, I think you I when there's more. two.
1: There's two. You can only have two on the court.
0: Well, and I, I expect more from I I mean, I'm thinking in terms of this this team and the next two or three years of this team. You know they could have really had something, and now mm-hmm. I I just I don't see what their plan is as as clearly as I did before.
1: See, and I I I see that their plan makes more sense. Executions want the other side of it to me, because honestly, drafting Katie Lou when they when they drafted her that didn't make sense to me. Not because Katie Lou wasn't a good pickup, but because they had Diamond and Shields and they had Gabby Williams. They were putting heavy investment into their backcourt when what they needed was to to try to bolster their front court. To me, this is almost them saying, <laughs> we, you know, two drafts like ago, two drafts, ago, draft pick. Two, two drafts <laughs> ago, we had to take a gamble between Diamond of Shields and Azra Stevens. And now we're just getting them both um in a lot of ways. So it's almost for them kind of like almost a redo. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a, a surety bet. I just think that, it's just this is more going to come down to execution, whereas previously it was it was hard to say that that was much of what was in play. So that's what I like about the move. We'll see really what happens there altogether, because with the mindset of what you and I talked about last week, which is this certainly doesn't tie with their mentality, which is they feel like they have the roster that's going to propel them into a title contending right. position. That's still not true. Yeah, that's still not the case. But but I just I I get this from a structural perspective. I think if you take the literal players out of the the names out of the equation and you just go off of positions, it makes a lot of sense to me. Execution is going to be what really tells the story, which I guess is true with literally everything that ever happens sports. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I think if the Chicago Sky win the title this year, the the number one factor is going to be because Steph Dolson earned her paycheck uh it's probably not going to be because of Stevens or Samuelson being on the roster um and it it's going to have to do obviously with with their great backcourt and and players that we know are going to be all-stars but the the biggest place you know point of improvement this team can experience is if playoff dolson from last year shows up for a full season this year um and and i thought last when we recorded our, our original free agency episode it seemed like they were paying her to be that player uh and now they, they're kind of bringing in a player to, I mean, they, they only signed Dolson to a two year deal. Is, is Stevens basically the insurance policy for if this deal, <laughs> if we need to cut Dolson loose in two years, do we have the future center for this team, you know, ready to step, you know, waiting in the wings? Is that what they're trying here?
1: I don't, I don't see that as a bad thought.
0: It's, it's I, not wrong. Um, but it's just, I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Chicago is also another team that, how they maneuver around the, the the draft potentially could play a lot of roles. There's a lot happening with Chicago there, but yeah, I, that it's, it, it was an interesting move. I will say that it was unexpected. It just, it, you didn't get any notion that this was something in their mind and that's where it was surprising.
0: No, um, they seemed completely committed to the team they had last year and locking all those players down and, and getting, you know, Lu didn't play a lot last year because she was hurt. So it, it seemed like she was going to you know provide something uh, and now I have to watch the Wings play, so I, I will. I hold mean, that you have to. Chicago a little you, bit.
1: you 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 <laughs> host a WNBA podcast. So yeah, you, you do have to. But I have
0: to, and and I have to like it, and that's okay, that's a challenge. So here's the thing: we're we're going to talk about
1: Dallas. <laughs> we're going to talk about Dallas in a second because we have another team to talk about in between them. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some time to think about just nicer words. Until then. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna discuss the Connecticut Sun, which it makes the nice words thing a little bit rough because this got a little strange. <laughs> um, so really the obviously there's really one main thing that happened Connecticut Sun obviously with the centrifuge of a three team trade that moved Courtney Williams to Atlanta and essentially they picked up a late pick and Brianne January from Phoenix. This is on top of all kinds of backstage drama that appeared to come front stage while all this was going down. Do you want to make an attempt to summarize that in 10 seconds or less?
0: Well, the sun did an uncharacteristic thing for that organization, which is they, (laughs) they, they put out a, like, is it a Kurt Miller quote or is it just, is just attributed to the team just in general?
1: I believe Kurt Miller is a to it, which is how it really came out. But
0: what essentially says, you know, she's a crowd favorite here. You, you, uh, you, I I don't want to butcher it. So I want to find the actual quote, but something about like, she's, you know, she's doesn't want to be part of the team moving forward and basically did nothing to thank her for her time there, which was something that she took offense to didn't really you know, have that same ring of, you know, like, a lot of times in free agency players leave and they make business decisions and it's all, you know, covered by the mask of, you know, we love you. Good luck in your next location. There's a lot of times. There's not a lot of bad blood, uh, especially for a, a crowd, like a legitimate crowd favorite, like Williams. And in this case, it kind of seemed like there was some stingy feelings between, uh, both parties, uh, it could have had to do with some, some off court lifestyle stuff with Williams, which she's been vocal about on different social media platforms. Uh, I, I don't know if there were more locker room problems than that. They've, they've kept a pretty tight lid on it. If there have been, but it certainly seems to be seeping through the cracks. Uh, I know they were talking about it on around the horn and, and the Kornheiser podcast yesterday. So, you know, if, uh, the WNBA is seeping into those platforms, it's, it's got to be some sort of juicy beef, uh, <laughs> because they wouldn't address it otherwise. Uh, this is just really strange. I, I have always viewed the Connecticut sun as being a pretty buttoned up you know, PR conscious organization. And this is a weird misstep. I don't know if uh, it's going to affect their free agency moves or whether players will want to play there or not. But uh, for a team that was just in the finals, uh, just a really odd step in the wrong direction. I I don't know if they lose a ton in, in terms of the player. I think bringing yeah. in Bonner and John Quill Jones, if, if we're talking about the actual moves, Brianne January and all that, they're still having a, a fine off season, yeah, uh, but you don't see stuff like that. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Is this? It feels like a unique scenario.
1: Yeah, and really quick, I'll I'll go ahead and and clarify this since you kicked out with it. Um, this was uh, this was a direct quote from Kurt Miller in regards to this move. So um, so quoting, uh, we realize Courtney was a fan favorite, and we wish her the best in Atlanta. Unfortunately, despite our best efforts and all the loyalty and support we've shown Courtney over the last four seasons. It became clear that she no longer wanted to return to Connecticut. Then he added, quote, "I will look back fondly on the memories we created together, but my focus, as always, is with the players that have a burning desire to help the Connecticut Sun hang the franchise's first championship banner." Close quote. Um, so there, th- there's two sides of this that seem to come up, like theme wise. One is this idea that. You know, they're claiming, well, Courtney just didn't want to be here and wasn't dedicated to demon. The other side of it, which is um the claim that, well, the the sun didn't necessarily give me you know, any sort of thank you or support. Both of those have prevalence in that quote, but are clouded to a point. So you see how that was a very strategized uh line or collection of lines, but definitely had a lot of Speech underlying yeah. into what exactly he there's was some, trying to say. There's like some you not read a so lot into subtle
0: that. nuance to win. I mean, it's one thing to say a player doesn't want to be here; they don't want to be yeah. here. That's fine. Players don't want to be places all the time. Yeah, but it's another to question the desire to win. And you know, competitors at this level, they're not going to respond well to that. And I, it makes me feel like there was more to this, especially between you know, personally between these two, than than we are getting right now.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of where everything really plays a, an interesting role in, in a lot of this discussion, because I think a lot of that, no, obviously Courtney Williams had made some comments on social media and a lot of it tied to the fact that she kind of clocked in into like, listen, I, I'm, a, I'm chalking this off as this is business. And that was her frustration was she would appreciate it a little bit more, um, re- respect from her definition, but this is business. And they made that clear. It was kind of her, her, you know, me very much paraphrasing her thoughts. There's a lot of stuff you could look up on that end. I do feel like this was something that was much more than kind of a, a, a passion point that happened recently. Just looking at something she said on how you can determine something she'd said on social media recently. This definitely could have been something that was in the wings for quite some time. Uh, so we'll see how that plays mm-hmm. out. That you, said this, sorry, can, go ahead. Can I, can I ask you a question? Cause I, yeah. I am
0: truly neutral on this. I am, I am 50, 50. I'm on the edge of the coin the tweet from the Sun account saying, thank you, Courtney, petty or not petty?
1: Why? I, okay. Why do people think it's petty is my question. That probably answers how I feel about it.
0: Because I, I think the argument is Courtney Williams quote was basically like a thank you would have been nice. Um, but so, but so we also all it
1: said was thank you, Courtney. Yeah, yeah but we, we also see petty. tweets
0: like this all the time. Like the PR team they're run by people like us. I mean, they, they love the players. I don't mm-hmm. think they're trying to start beef with anyone. So, so I'm split. I, I think it could have absolutely been intentional, but it also could have been something that was docked up way before any of this happened. This
1: is... I, I guess, th- to me, this is people reading too much into one of the most automatic things that a social media director does, which is, we're going to have our assets ready for a thank you tweet whenever a player leaves the team. Like, that's just what happens now. But because her saying, I wish I got a thank you was in her statement, it was time. Here, The difference is the Sun could have tweeted that out right after the announcement was made, which a lot of teams have done over the past week. And then I don't think it becomes an issue. The fact that it did become after the fact really reads into that. If I'm being clear, I just don't think that I I don't see the move. Pettiness will play a role with the, especially with people in those positions and with teams. It doesn't connect with me that this was all that petty. Like, it, it, like, and so it goes one of two ways. Either it was coincidental or it was petty and it was just a really weak petty move. Like it just wasn't that good. Like if you're going to be petty, fine, be petty, but you could have been more like better about it. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, maybe I just don't see it because. I mean, this exact tweet exists for every single player who's moved teams.
0: Yeah, I I do agree with that. I I believe graphic designers are not going around saying, how can we sneakily get under players' skins once they leave here?
1: If it was, if if the tweet caption said something like, here's your thank you, Courtney, or (laughs) something like that, then yeah, I could see it. But where it was literally just like, Probably what happened, and you can pardon my French if you want to, but probably what happened was that quote came out, and that literal social media director, or like whoever's over the communications team went, shit, we never tweeted that out. (laughs) Like, we haven't sent that out yet. So now we're gonna look like idiots, but we gotta do it. Uh, it's, it's probably how that went down, but who knows? I, people, people really want this to be a high drama thing, and I'm gonna let that happen, because honestly, that, like, speculative drama is what, makes people invested in the NBA. Is that not true? Oh, to the me, NBA that's the A1 is, thing, that and Russell Westbrook dressing like a moron are the two right. things that people are most I, invested I, I, in. I would
0: say the NBA is equal parts sport and reality TV show at this point. Yeah. And maybe that's okay. I mean, it's one of the only sports not you know sunk in awful you know scandal and you know stupid playoff changes and stuff this off season. It's, you know, the NBA is doing fine. So
1: yeah. So all of this is to lead to our analysis of the move, which all of us considered is looking at the basis of this is that this move sucks. <laughs> um yeah. is you you have you you signed to wanna You added a piece that made it look like the sun are serious. Like they are absolutely coming swinging and they're not going to stop for anything. And, and they're going to come swing. And then they went ahead and lost Alicia Clarendon, Morgan Tuck, Shaquina Strickland, and their starting point guard. Like they, yes. uh, Like uh, the this- one of the most key pieces <laughs> to – because here's the thing about what made that Connecticut Sun starting five great is that almost all of uh, – like the other four players all could play pretty much any position. And then you had a pure point guard who was running things pretty heavily from that point and and playing extremely well and bringing personality to a roster that needed a little bit of flair and personality. They lost a lot of that in that head, which is why I I'm taking Connecticut from an a minus to a C minus. Yeah, I ever since, since the Bonner move, this is a weird comparison. And again, it's another crappy NBA comparison and it's on a very different level, obviously, but this reminds us reminds me of the Lakers free agency in 2018. Which was, we're going to sign LeBron James, which is potentially the biggest move of the summer, and then sign, like, J- just a whole Jamale list of players that scratch your head. Rondo, yeah. and... Lance Stevenson, and like, there were all these players that were just like, are you trying, like, like, someone came to them and said, here's how many points... Like value points you gain by sending LeBron James. Like, did you go out of your way to try to see how close you get to depleting all those as, points? As if they were playing real life. Afterward,
0: you know those the, those like bingo cards that go yeah. around Twitter that are like, "All right, you have twenty dollars to spend," and it's like they spent nineteen on LeBron, and they were like, "All right, how do we split one dollar yeah. and fill out?" a Whereas,
1: roster? whereas Connecticut did the opposite, which was we got this really huge signing, and now let's get rid of all the pieces that made this an extremely dangerously deep team. Like that's what frustrates me is this is definitely a team that still has strong bench presence, but not nearly at the level they had in terms of you had a roster from one to 12 that could give you 15 and eight if they really needed to. That's, that's what made Connecticut that dangerous. And, and that whole element of it has changed um, with everything that's happened since. And it just capped off heavily with this trade. And listen, I love Brian January. I have for a long time. I think she's a phenomenal player on the offensive defensive side of the court. She's also been in the league for quite a while. And, and I don't think fills nearly the same role that Courtney Williams had, which was pivotal for especially the offensive success in Connecticut. So, yeah, I, I look at this and, and that's the lowest grade I can give for a team that signed to Bonner is a C minus. Yeah. I, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm going to go almost as far as you do. Uh, because I I mean, you, Steve, you know, that old basketball saying, you know, if the difference between first and second place is making wholesale changes to your roster in the offseason. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the you know, the, the cliche, yeah. uh, this is this is baffling. I, I don't think they're tanking the team by any means, but they're more top heavy uh, and they're less versatile. Yeah. So
1: the, that version of the quote for me, by the way, is if it ain't broke absolutely try to fix it Uh huh. <laughs> that's that's the quote I've come to be accustomed to
0: yeah I mean this this team really was a game away from being WNBA championship uh, a quarter champions. of a game and, and yeah and I I agree it's smart to continue to make moves and better your roster you can't just stand pat but I'm dropping them to a c plus uh, I do think yeah. the Bonner move is still enough to keep them in the passing range but uh, this, You know what I like about this episode? This is a more bombastic episode than the last one. The yeah. last one, we were too nice. This one, we get to little, be a little bit more confused, <laughs> a little bit more yeah, this interested.
1: Is, this is where we make less friends, probably, you and I. <laughs> um, Ky- Kyle and Jason get to keep friends, but we're going to lose some friends. Um, the thing about it to me is list, the Connecticut Center is still a playoff team. They're potentially still a bi-level playoff team. They are not a championship-contending team anymore. That the roster just. I, I don't feel comfortable saying that that team can run back what what they did last season. Because when I look at what Washington did in 2018 and then they made minute moves to to really just tie up a few of their knots on the ship for 2019 and turn that into a well-oiled machine. And it looked ex- like that was exactly what they were doing and just made a lot of perplexing movement and – how that pans out will remain to be seen, but that's where. The, yep. Yeah, this Connecticut stuff is is really insane I, to me. I
0: agree. With um, you. If you're if you're new to the WNBA and you aren't aware of the playoff format, this is the league in sports where it is most critical to get the the top two seeds that that first bye and then the home court throughout. Um, it's uh, you basically don't win the championship if you're not a top two seed. It, it rarely happens.
1: I don't think the, Sun- a degree of diff- the degree the degree difficulty is. extremely high it's worse
0: than i mean we we talk about the patriots and football getting you know getting the afc pass every year and then winning the afc championship this is this is worse than that not worse necessarily but just the the top two seeds wield tremendous power over the outcome of the playoffs and i don't think the sun are a top two team this year
1: yeah it doesn't feel that way just by by looking at the roster and whereas whereas when the bonner thing happened i went. Or are they the favorites? I mean, you and I talked about that last episode. We said Bonner was the biggest move in free agency. I feel like they have watered that down pretty consistently over the the last week. Yeah,
0: it, it's almost like because they brought her in, they're they're banking on her to solve any problems and all problems that, that the rest of their moves might cause. Like, oh, well, we got Bonner. We can lean on. We, we got a championship-ready team. You know, we can tinker. Yeah, I, I think they tinkered yeah. too much. They over-tinkered.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, I agree with that. And obviously the cap room issues, this, that, and the other, but too much happened for, for me to feel confident. Let's go ahead and move forward to Dallas really quick. Um, I, I'm excited to, uh, to watch this team because, uh, that's, you know, I, I like watching all 12 of the teams in the league. Um, but that, that was a, that was a dig. That was a very personal and direct dig is what that was for, for the be, next,
0: you, for the next two teams, you better be covered, be offended.
1: that's going to be called into question. <laughs> that's that's, that's okay. So as far as last week, I mean, a lot of the moves that we had talked about Dallas essentially were in play. The, the Katie Lou as or Stevens trade was essentially the main thing that kicked off for Dallas. We've talked a lot about the Chicago side of things. Um, you gave Dallas an incomplete last week. Do they finally get a grade? And if so, what is it? Uh,
0: I, Truly, they should still get an incomplete, but I'm willing to give them a grade because they're uh, I, I still don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the plan is. I don't see how the pieces are fitting together. It's like reading a mystery novel. It's like I maybe they have a plan and they're masterminding something behind the scenes that I don't understand. I still stand by my take from the last episode we recorded, which is that if they're planning on trading picks for a star, I I don't know who that star would be. That's instantly going to get things to fit together. If they're planning on using those picks or moving up or moving down in the draft, I it's really hard. You know, maybe maybe they can find some way to to get uh I don't know. I I you know I think Sabali is gonna be gone if they don't take her at two. But maybe they some they can somehow turn it into Sabali and Cox and just have this awesome front court rookie do I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but I'm willing to give them a C minus because I do think the Azura Stevens for Katie Lou Samuelson trade will benefit them. She's going to get a lot more playing time here. Uh, she's going to, I, I have high hopes for her and it's just, it's purely because I, I like her. I like watching her play and I think she has huge potential. And if she comes in here and, and gets that opportunity and makes the most of it in the second year, uh, we we know that players that get their legs under them that first or second year can really explode in their third season and Dallas is obviously building towards the future. so if they can get some miles on her this year uh, obviously we want to see the the Carly and, and Katie Lou lineup I, I personally actually really want to see the Enrique and Katie Lou lineup um, but if if they're able to pull some some things out of the draft and trade some assets for for something interesting they, they're at least setting the table to, you know, to, to be back in the mix and not be a bottom dweller anymore. So that's not something I would have said about them a week ago. And for that reason, I'm I'm willing to at least upgrade them tentatively to a C minus.
1: Here's, here's the, the one piece difficulty I'm having here is while I do think this trade puts Katie Lou Samuelson in a better leverage footing than she had in Chicago. I actually don't know if it's by much unless they're looking to put her at the three, which is possible. And could work, but your backcourt is two of the last three rookies of the year in Alicia Gray and Rika Gubawale. And I don't know that they necessarily are looking to disrupt that. And if your move is, we're going to see if we can make Katie Lou work at the three and try to build a, a pretty stout, offensive, shooting heavy um, set up there. There's potential there. I, I think that's the the answer with Dallas is they have potential. They have a lot of things that could strike because Christina Nigwe is a great move. Megan Gusoffson is great. There's a lot of stuff that could take off. And I wonder if it's, listen, we're moving on from Skylar Diggins-Smith. Obviously we lost Liz Cambage last year, we're going to add players and and f- the first one to two of these players that really sticks that 's who we 're building off of like they, they just give themselves like seven options to find the two to three players to build off of, and with where Dallas is sitting, that is smart um that's where it gets interesting i'm I'm moving this up from a, a C plus to a c i 'm basically giving them the same bump I gave Chicago because i 'll just say this outrightly. Dallas is going to be bad this year, but I think they could be a really fun bad. You know, every league <laughs> has a fun bad team. And I, I, that might be okay, you're, like, okay. you're looking at it. You're looking at a team that could potentially roll out. And I, I'm going to get a few of these wrong. You're looking at a starting five. That could be Alicia Gray, Enrique Gnobuwalde, Katie Lou Samuelson, a student door, possibly Monamie Stafford, possibly Kayla Davis. Like there's a handful of, of moves that like, you can have a starting five. That's super fun. You have some really state like Megan Gustafsson can move her way up the roster. There's there's a chance you're going to watch some interesting basketball. And this is a team that once they find their footing will be competitive in games. I don't see them winning a lot of them. And so I actually think that helps them where I'm still frustrated. And it's extremely similar to where you were last week. I just don't know if they have an idea as to where this is headed. I, I think right now they legitimately made these moves going, we're not quite sure what the direction is going to be. We're just hoping that with the players we have right now, we'll eventually figure it out. And if I'm on a team and that's what my GM's mindset is, I'm not exactly feeling great about my, my job, wow. if that makes sense. Um, but it's not, Um, I don't know. It's, it's sorry, I said C minus and it B minus. It's, you know, it's, it, it's a hard spot because I don't know how much they could have really improved. Um, so it's not a horrible spot to be in. It's just one of those that's like, this is about as good as it was gonna get this offseason for you.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Katie Katie is gonna play the three more than anywhere else this season. I think that's that's obvious because because Gray and Enrique are are the go-tos there. And because I think that's why they wanted her is she can defend multiple positions. And her perimeter shooting can stretch the floor for guards that need more space to penetrate. And I think that's smart. Yeah. That's about where that, that that's what you were saying. Like maybe, maybe they have the talent to be fun, even if they're not getting W's in, in the win column. Uh, But you know, it doesn't take a lot to improve on last year, first of all. So we're going to, we're going to see some marginal improvement and get excited about that. It's just a matter of how quickly are they going to mesh and come together? And if, you can thinking sneaking. Maybe they sneak into the eight spot. I don't
1: know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Exactly. So we've taken up a lot of real estate on four teams so far. <laughs> we have a handful of teams that are going to get little to, if any discussion, just because of the amount of moves they had. The next two <laughs> rosters, I think very much are that. So I'm going to try to make these pretty quick for the both of us. Next is the Indiana fever. Essentially, they continue to make no moves outside of signing six foot, 10 Bernadette yep. Hatara from Hungary. Don't, don't, um, don't overlook. Look, Steve, they heard us. They listened to the
0: episode and they're like, we hear you and we see you and we understand your frustrations. We are not going to sit on our butts this season. We're going to go out there and do exactly one thing to prove that we are living, breathing. And you know
1: what, though? <laughs> <You> I, <know? laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing if not intrigued they signed a near seven footer. If nothing, I'm I'm intrigued. Let's see where this goes. I, Are, do, do you see any reason, basically, to make it quick? Do you see any reason to change the fever from an F? No, never. <laughs> I mean, there's reasons, but
0: they didn't happen. I, and that's the quick. I I don't. If you're a Bernadette fan, and you're just like, wow, like I'm sorry. I just you get it right. Like, I, don't know I do what to get do, it. You know,
1: I do get it. I don't know what to do. They, they added, they, they upped my grade in intrigue. They didn't up my grade in how they did in free agency. I, listen, I want to see what's going to happen. You know, if anything's going to happen with Bernie, you know, it's just one of those, is this even going to make any moves? We'll see how that happens. But I mean, come on, you sign a six foot ten player, everyone's like, hmm, well, let's see what happens here. You know, it's like if are the only
0: team I can think of in any professional sport that I'm begging to make a move for the sake of making moves. Just do something. Like, yeah. just, just do something to prove you know how to do it. Just,
1: to, like... It'd be like if suddenly you're watching the Masters and, like, the long-shot champion suddenly decides he's going to play in the Masters. <laughs> Like, I'll, the only thing I know how to do is swing with a driver that has a rebar on it so I can hit the ball 900 yards and I can't do anything else. But I'm going to try to actually golf. Everyone's like, yeah, I'll keep an eye or two on that. That's kind of where I am. Otherwise, yeah, it's still an F for me. Let's move over to the Aces really quick. Uh, The main move here is that they pick up Daniel Robinson Yay. out of Minnesota. We love her. Um, and you have it at an A. I have it at a D. I'm going to go ahead and keep this the same. And the main reason for that is I don't know where she's getting minutes. Kayla McBride, Kelsey Plum, Angel McCautry, Epiphany Prince, Jackie Young, all in your backcourt, Sugar Rogers, all in your backcourt. I have no idea where she's going to pull off the quality minutes. Now, if you want to say that this is a bump in terms of chemistry and locker room support and leadership, maybe, but I just don't see this upping much because you kind of were very backcourt heavy. I don't know what else you were going to do. So that's where I stand. I'm sticking to a D you gave them an a, are you sticking with that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's largely a locker room move. Um, and that's, that's totally fine with me. I mean, having Carolyn swords and Daniel Robinson, on the same team means that you're going to have like, it's <laughs> as stable a locker room as you can have with, uh, with Liz Canbage present. So um, yeah, I, I think this team is, is ready to make a run. I'm um, giving them an A based mostly on the strength of, I, I believe it's mm-hmm. going to make Angel Bokotri work, but yeah, no change here.
1: That works. I just wish they'd have made a move that would made their basketball team better. That's just kind of how, Um, but I, I get it on that standpoint. I just not enough to, to change the grade. Let's move over to the sparks. Um, They, for the most part were ho-hum on their moves because a lot of their big moves had already happened. And then right as we were getting ready to hit record, we find out that Simone Augustus uh, will be spending her final season in the WNBA in Los Angeles with the Sparks, spurning the Lynx, who she's played with for over a decade, you know, for I believe it's 14 years in her career, announcing it's her final season and that she's doing so in Los Angeles. The first thing I'm going to ask before we talk grades, Logan, do you, do you clue into anything from all of that? Is there anything actually, uh, juicy about this move? Or is this really uh, just business about a basketball team?
0: It's probably just business, but it it is, if if I phrase it to you this way, if if three months ago I was like, Steve, next year, Atlanta Beard isn't going to be on the Sparks anymore, and it's going to be weird. And Simone Augustus is going to be on the Sparks, and it's going to be weird. <laughs> like, that's Those are two things that are just hard to, like, oh, that's that just goes against a decade of what I know about that team. But I don't think there's any, you know, I, I think – the Sparks like to beat the Lynx and the Lynx like to beat the Sparks, but I don't think there's really that beef is kind of it's it's not extinguished, but it's a low it's a slow burn right now. It's not really a raging Inferno there. Neither team has. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it being a
1: petty move at all. Yeah. Um That's the thing. Um I can't believe it as as a petty move other than to say, listen, it's my last season. I want one last chance at a championship, and that's an organization I know I can respect because I've gone to war with them enough, and I just don't feel confident that that's what's happening in Minnesota because if that was the case, my longtime teammate, Maya Moore, probably is on the roster. Um, And I I see it more that way than to say there's – I'll put it out here. There aren't locker room issues in Minnesota. I don't think there's chemistry issues there. I would even venture to say that I don't know that Cheryl Miller is going to come out with some vaulted frustration. I could be wrong. Yeah, I see this as a business move. That said, picking up Simone Augustus, adding to some additional moves here, you had them at an A-. Where do you have them now?
0: Yeah, this doesn't really move the needle uh, at all for me. I think it's a good person to have in the locker room. But as you said, I think it's more about – her trying to be in a good situation in her final year. And if anything, if, if links fans want to read into this to any degree, I think all it says is that maybe the links are in more of a rebuild than previously thought.
1: Yeah. Um, I see a lot where you're, where you're heading in that direction. I, I had them in an A. am giving them an a And honestly, it's because I should have given them an a minus last week. Um, as I have reevaluated that roster, I don't know that the Tolliver move is that much of a needle mover from an A to an A minus. It's not that I'm not being that drastic. I don't think it's that much of a needle mover as I initially thought. And I agree with you in that. I don't know that Augustus necessarily moves thing a lot. That's really good veteran leadership on a team that's stupid with veteran leadership. So I, I just, yeah, but you know, honestly, it, it's it's intriguing in a lot of ways for a lot of the stories. We'll see how that plays out in terms of basketball. I don't know that it shifts much. We ironically move right over into the links. We both have them as incomplete. We should probably finally give them grades. Uh, in the last week, they lose Daniel Robinson. And as we just discussed, they lose Simone Augustus. Do you have a grade for them now? And if so, what is it?
0: Yeah, they're, as I said, they're in a rebuild, uh, which is, it's tough to grade because they're actually, a- according to their plan that they're trying to execute, they're actually, Succeeding to a degree it's not like they're i don't know it's not like they're failing to put together a championship roster, like what they're trying to do right now is to get younger and amass assets and and figure out what they're going to do with their aging stars, and I think they're doing well at that. that said, I'm kind of grading everyone based on did they improve their roster and are they becoming more of a contender? Minnesota's not doing that, so I'm going to give
1: them a d a d gotcha to make this quick. When I graded Indiana last week, my main call was, have you tried? Have you actually been putting forth any effort to show that you're trying to improve the roster? I looked at the activity. I said no, and I gave them an F. And as I look at this, I have no reason to believe any different from the Minnesota Lynx. I, Unless... There's, hey, we're going to work that waiver wire real hard or, hey, we still have a weird list of unrestricted left and maybe we have a shot at them. Right now, I'm looking at this going. I don't have any evidence to show that there's been much push must much push to bolster this. I don't know if it's uh, crap. My more has gone again. So we lose our. You know, we lose our our mock, you know, our our confidence here. and, And that's a bummer. I don't know. But. If that's why I give Indiana an F, I can't not do it for Minnesota. So Minnesota gets yeah, an F for me. That's fair. It's, it's, I put myself in that corner, and I'm going to be true to it. New York, from what I can see, hasn't really made any discernible moves from what I can see here. I might be wrong, but I looked through as many trackers as I could. I haven't seen anything. So is there any reason why your grade would change from a C-plus? Uh,
0: not really. Other than that, I I think I've given like three or four C pluses now today, but I, that's okay. They, yeah, same, same grade.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I have a C from New York and it's going to stay that way. Uh, let's move into Phoenix real quick. Uh, The last three teams really haven't had much intense movement. Phoenix in that three-way trade, pick up Jessica Breland and Nia coffee. I get, I have an A minus. You have a B. Uh, where do you see Phoenix now?
0: I well you, you so I think I have the A minus and you have the B and and I only know that because I I was just thinking maybe I needed to give them a B plus uh, I I think I was a little bit a little bit high on them the first time we graded um, I think losing Bonner is a bigger deal than gaining Skylar diggins Smith I I hope I phrase that in a way that makes sense like the, you, yeah the you know what happened happened you know, picking up Skydig is nice but um. Breeland and Coffee are nice uh, additions. They're they're players that have been in the league, but they, again, I I hate to say it this way, but they're not really needle movers for me. They don't make me believe in the sun anymore than, or in the Mercury anymore than I did before. So I think a B plus is a, a solid effort.
1: Um, I'm taking them from B to B plus, and a lot of it just because I think they add a little bit of defensive depth, and they just add a little bit of general bench depth. I think now you're looking at a Phoenix team that that quote unquote eight person playoff style roster bolsters itself a little bit better uh, where I can't move it too much is just so much of whether this year is going to be explosive or a dud is what Diana, we're going to see a Diana Tarasi when she comes back. And I, that's just undetermined at the moment in my yeah. opinion. So uh, that's Phoenix Seattle storm, essentially don't make any real moves. You had them as an a, I had them as a B plus any reason to change there. Yeah, this
0: is probably my most unfair grade of the report card, but it's basically... This is probably the only team, or at least the team that can most say, you know what, we look at our roster, and we got Bree Stewart back, and we're good. We're ready to go. So, I don't think they need to make a lot of moves.
1: I am not changing their grade, even though I initially thought I was going to. I initially thought about bumming them down to a B- minus because... Honestly, because Bree Stewart is is now playing for UMCA Katerinburg as opposed to taking additional rest. Obviously, that calls back to her playing overseas and getting injured last year, and that's putting it at risk. And I'm not changing it because I actually think that that was a good move for Bree Stewart because she is on a very deep team in Russia where she can put in minimal minutes and get her leg back up to speed, and potentially put in some licks that generally people come back from injuries do in the first 10 to 20 games of a regular season. And she's actually trying to get ahead of that a little bit. And if it goes well, and if she maintains health, that actually could help her get back to form quicker in Seattle than originally planned. So I actually do like the move. It's Right now, it's as low risk of a move as this type of decision could be. And so I'm cool with it, and because of that, I'm going to keep the grade the same. Well done. Uh, th- Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, defending champion Washington Mystics. They are the they are the roster that they are from what we discussed yeah. last time. Uh, B plus, uh, A plus for me. I'm going to stick around with my grade. Or are you going to change it for any reason? Yeah. No, I feel confident in, in B plus as well. Cool. So uh, let's go ahead and review over things last week. Um, Logan to Steve, respectively. Uh, Grades were C minus to C plus. You changed to a C plus. I changed to a B plus. Uh, Chicago Sky, you changed from a B minus to a C plus. Me from a B minus to a B. The Connecticut Sun, uh, you dropped from an A to a C plus. Me from an A minus to a C minus. The Dallas Wings, you gave them a grade because it was incomplete. Now a C minus. I went from a C plus to a B minus. Uh, we're both still giving Indiana Fever F's. F minus. Still giving the aces the same grades, which is you gave them an A and I gave them a D, which is so intriguing. That's that's the the most fun range of all I, our I like picks. that.
0: I I, th- I think we I, I think it's good that we're in the same line of thinking a lot of times, but I think we need a lot of the I, I want the collision sometimes, you know. I I'll I tell like you how, the fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you how it reads to me, and it's that I think we both understand that these moves could go either direction. Oh, absolutely. And I, and we both just lean more into which direction that could go. But this could very easily go a lot. Like, if, if, if they become an A style move, I won't be shocked. I just feel like it's, it's going to go the other way. Um, the LA Sparks, um, I stuck around with an A minus. You move them from an A or you stuck around with an A minus. I move them from an A to an A minus. Uh, we both finally gave the Minnesota Lynx grades. You gave him a D. I gave him an F. That's going to be fun in our comments this week. <laughs> uh, you, we both stuck around with our New York grades: C plus and C. Uh, the Phoenix Mercury, you up, you downgraded them from an A minus to B plus. I upgraded them from a B to a B plus. And our grades for the Storm: A and B plus stay the same. Our grades for the Mystics: B plus A plus also stay the same. Anything about free agency that you want to throw at it all before we call this a day?
0: Uh, certainly the biggest risers today uh, were the, the Dallas wings. Um, some, a, a team that we, we, we still are not sure what the end result will be when opening day rolls around. Uh, we don't know what that team's going to look like, but it strikes me that the moves that they're making credit to a team that finished dead last, last season, they're not sitting around. In the bottom of the barrel, content to just, you know, try to draft their way out of it every year, like another fever team I could name the fever. Um, so good for them for, for making the moves that they've made. I'm excited to see how wrong we are about this by about five games into the season. Um, but I, yeah. I'm glad we were able to get the opportunity to go back and reduce some, uh, as, as continued, you know, more moves has continued to be made. So, uh, we'll see if anything else big drops before the draft, but I, you know, I think. Yeah. I think we've reached a point of, of stasis, at least, with the, the current rosters.
1: Absolutely. Um, th- this is going to be really interesting from my end. Obviously, there's a handful of moves that are still up in the air. And even if they're not, clearly, teams team's just going to do whatever the heck. So probably the very second that this gets released, some crazy is going to happen. And And I will say, overall, that's just been the best. This has been a very fun couple of weeks for the league in general just because this is the type of chatter uh, that really makes leagues fun. And as this continues, it's going to become more and more a part of the zeitgeist. And I would venture that it already has. We've seen some chatter on the mainstream front that we hadn't seen previously. And I think that will continue to grow as we see that. And the reason I feel that's going to continue is because uh, Snap Wilson, at Snap Wilson, just tweeted this, and it really stands out to me. This is a list of of uh, some highlights of the 2021 unrestricted free agent pool. Jasmine Thomas, Alyssa Thomas, Bria Holmes, Natalie Chonwa, Candice Dupree, Erica Wheeler, Kayla McBride, Shanae and Neko Gumake, Candice Parker, Demirius Dantes, Amanda Zowie B, Dana Tarasi, Natasha Howard, Natasha Cloud, and Emma Mieseman. Now, I know that often in the past we look at a list of high level players and say, yeah, but they're probably going to re-sign. But after this season, I rebut, but will they? So, I I think that the the CBA is already paying off and just it's 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 added some intrigue to a part of the league structure that's that needed it and so this is this has been a pretty fun time and I expect it to be just as fun this time next season. Man, I love the word rebut. It sounds like exactly what it means. <laughs> it sounds like exactly <laughs> what it means, but it's also just fun to like quietly mutter to yourself after someone says it. <laughs> rebut. Rebut. Uh, We're adults, man. (laughs) Um, That's how this works. Um, So that's really everything for for this episode. We wanted to to jump in and our thought was to give a quick uh, rundown of things and then an hour and 10 minutes later, here we are. Um, but there you go. Of course, as Logan said, if you haven't already, check out Kyle's sit down interview. Well, sit down interview. He was sitting and she was probably sitting too, but they weren't in the same room. Uh, check out uh, Kyle's interview with Sabrina Inescu, uh, which went out earlier this week. Um, feel free to check out anything in our inventory. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, and as always, connect with us. Let us know what else we can make happen. Technically, this season of transactions isn't is officially over. There's other stuff that can happen, but uh, we are getting ever closer uh, to some exciting college basketball draft season. Is really starting to pick up. Sadie subali out of Oregon just uh, announced that she's declaring. Yeah. So the draft just got even even deeper. Um, and on top of that. That means the draft's going to be fun. Uh, I'm ready to watch more more women's basketball, and I can't wait for the season to start. So there's so much to hang on to. We have so much to offer you and 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 excited to share with you over the next few months and beyond. But until all of that, thank you again for hanging out with us here on this episode of WNBA Nation. Until we see you again, I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. We'll catch you next time.